welcome to the Honest Property Investment Podcast. My name is Natasha Collins and I am the host of this podcast. I'm also the founder of NC Real Estate, which is my firm of chartered surveyors. We specialize in asset management and helping property investors to build profitable mixed use and commercial property portfolios that completely align with their goals. Before I get started, I want to invite you to something. I am doing a new webinar on Monday, the 6th of December at 6.30 p.m. GMT called The Five-Step Process to Nailing Down and Executing Your Property Investment Strategy Over the Next 12 Months. In that webinar, we'll cover how to navigate a growing market and still buy investments that work. And I've just done it. Hint, I'm going to talk to you about it on today's podcast. The three-step process to completing your property investment strategy in one sitting. You'll get the exact step-by-step guide to completing your own tailor-made strategy. We'll go through how your strategy will determine your property investment shopping list and keep you laser focused. And finally, how to get over analysis paralysis and shiny penny syndrome. So if you want to come, you're going to need to click the link below this podcast. And what I'm going to ask you to do is fill in your name and email address, and I will send you all of the details to join. I would love to see you live on Monday, the 6th of December. So make sure you come and join me then. What am I talking about today? Well, you guys, I completed on that commercial property deal. Oh my gosh. Okay. I completed on the 16th of November. I appreciate this podcast is coming out a few weeks later. And the reason being is that at the time of recording, we are three days away from moving to Austin. And so I'm going to take some time to move in and make sure I get my internet sorted. So I wanted to record this at the time of buying the property and just letting you know the highs and lows of buying this commercial property deal. So what is it? Let me remind you of what it is. So I bought 88 High Street in Barnstable, which is North Devon, and I purchased it for £165,000 plus VAT. But because I've bought it in my VAT registered company, I did this as a transfer of going concern, which meant that no VAT was payable on purchase. Now, the transfer of going concern is um, only available to you if you buy a property that's already got a tenant in situ. This property does have a tenant in situ. Um, The tenant has a lease until December 2024. They're currently paying £15,000 per annum in rent. So on the face of it, it's a really good deal. The gross yield on this is 9.09%. It is a full repairing and insuring lease on the whole building. That means that the tenant has the repairing responsibility for the whole building, which means that I have no maintenance to pay on it. They will also pick up all of the cost of insurance as well. So my only monthly expenditure is the interest payments for the mortgage. Now, let me tell you, this is one of the pitfalls of this deal in that 
at the time that I went out to get a mortgage, if you remember, and this has been going on for six months, which is the second pitfall, but pitfall number one is when I went out to get a mortgage on this property, this was declared such a small property that no lenders would really touch it. And they thought it was quite risky because the whole building was let to one tenant. So with that in mind, I only had one lender that would lend to me, and that was Shawbrook Bank. And they have put me on a mortgage for the next five years at 7.3%, which is gross. Is it not nice? Not a nice mortgage. Um, so the mortgage on a monthly basis is costing me £605.11 per month which means that my net profit per month is £644.89, which gives me a net yield of 4.69%, which actually isn't bad. Really, it's not bad at all. So one of the things also that the lenders were worried about was the fact that it is a 1,826-square-foot property over ground, first and second. And the first and second floor really aren't used. The tenant doesn't need it. So they were worried that the upper parts are going to go into even more disrepair than they currently are. So that was the number one risk that the bank was worried about. Number two risk was that when the roof was done by the previous tenant, and the previous tenant did the roof as part of their dilapidations, which was done in March 2020, what they didn't do was uh, repair any of the maintenance or make it look any better in the upper parts. So where there was a previous roof leak, you can still see evidence of the leak in the second floor. Um, all the carpets have been ripped up. The walls are bare. It's, it's fine. I had a structural survey. But in all honesty, it looks pretty awful. I mean, if you hadn't had a structural, if I hadn't had a structural survey or a building survey done, I too would think it's a pretty grim building. Um, and it's just been left. And the reason being is because the owner didn't think that there was any value in that second floor. At the moment, there's probably not much value in that second floor, maybe a couple of pounds per square foot, nothing, really, really nothing. So from that point of view, um, you know, it looks bad. The lender went in there and the lender's valuer went in there and was just a bit like, ooh, this also looks really risky. Which then came on to my third pitfall was if you remember, they, whilst I got a red book valuation for 165,000, rather than lending at 70% uh, loan to value, they dropped the lending. And instead, I they only loaned me, Shawbrook only loaned me £99,470, which is 60%. So they dropped it by 10% because the building was let to one retail tenant. They thought that the upper parts not being used was risky and they didn't like the condition of the upper parts, even though I had a building survey and a structural survey that went with it. So that was frustrating. That then meant that I had to go and find another £15,000 to complete on the deal. This became an absolute headache. The reason being is that whilst I can find £15,000 across my accounts 
and I transferred them all into my account to pay for the property. And um, the lender really didn't like that I was taking money or borrowing money from NC Real Estate. I was borrowing money from my other property accounts. You know, I was chucking it all into one. And that was the one of the holdups that held us up for about two months because the lender was like, well, how come you have £15,000 going through your account on a monthly basis? Well, actually, if you look at my end of year, uh, my end of year accounts, it shows that, you know, that sum of money does go through my accounts on a monthly basis. Um, but they needed all the confirmation that that £15,000 wasn't coming from anywhere dodgy. There was a lot of money laundering checks around it. That that took a huge amount of time to satisfy Shawbrook that I wasn't doing anything um, ridiculous. Now, the one thing that they didn't mind and Shawbrook didn't mind about this deal was the fact that um, I had taken the other £60,000 as a second charge mortgage. So I took, um, I've got a uh, remortgage coming up on one of my flats in Bath and there's a lot of equity in there. So because that doesn't now go through until the end of January, what I have done is I've used just cash flow to bridge the gap. So they've le- loaned me um, £60,000 for the next two, three months um, at 1.5% per month. And then that's been loaned to me personally. I've then put that into the limited company for this property. And Shawbrook didn't mind that at all. They were like, fine, we know where that comes from. We can track it. It's just the unusual, um, the unusual 15,000 pounds, shall we say. So those those things held it up. That was one of the big, big, big concerns. Um, Shawbrook were just slow. They were slow with going out and doing the valuation. They were incredibly slow with, about uh, doing all the money laundering checks and they wanted to go through absolutely everything in my account. So that took months. The other thing that Shawbrook argued about up until the final minute was that they wanted the property insured under my company's name rather than the current owner's name from before completion. And we were exchanging and completing simultaneously because it had just gone on for so long. I was like, come on, let's just do it. Um, And Shawbrook were not happy with that. They didn't want the insurance to start from the exact time that we completed. They wanted insurance in place a few hours before they transferred the money in order to complete, which was really risky. I thought from my end, I don't really want to pay for insurance on a building that I might not own if Shawbrook then decided to pull the money. I found that really frustrating. So what I ended up having to do to resolve that is go to the insurer and I use the same insurer that the previous that the previous owner was going to use, or I had their insurance policy and I just phoned up the insurer and said, hey, can we have the same insurance policy? And they were like, yes, that's absolutely fine. So I got them to confirm that they were going to start the insurance policy the next day. So I got that on Monday, the 15th of November. I had an email which had the invoice for insurance and confirmation that the policy was starting the next day. And I sent that to Shawbrook and they said, okay, great. We can now see that the insurance policy is going to start on that date. We will transfer the money with 
the um the provision that your solicitor must confirm that the deal is going to go through on the day that the insurance starts so with that in mind that really held it up because it's a bit of a chicken and egg situation as well you cannot really get insurance on a building that you don't own this is just as really as simple as that but anyway we got that done so that was um yeah that was a hurdle to jump over another hurdle over the next six over the last six months has been that second charge loan um, I was going to get second charge over a couple of my properties, which was uh, going to be absolutely fine because I had the equity in a couple of properties. But Santander Bank, who have uh, the mortgage over another flat that's got about 40k's worth of equity in it that I could use, ha- said, no, we're not taking a second charge on the property. So I could only take a second charge on one of the properties which was going to be fine so the flat that I did take the second charge on um but then when Shawbrook then said that they were only going to lend 60% loan to value not 70% loan to value that was when we had to go and find the additional money so there has been a number of holdups along the way and it has all been to do with lending that is it. That is the thing that has hold, held this property deal up. So if I could give you any tip of advice from what I've just been through over the last six months is to know that lending is going to change. And that may sound ridiculous because I'm not giving you anything definite, but lenders will decide what they want to know at the point that they've gone out and done the valuation and read through all the information and they may change what they're offering you they may change what they're offering you and that seems standard now that happens to my clients unfortunately that's just happened to me so just be prepared that what you think is happening may not be the final result and that they may ask you to jump through hoops. And it's especially true because you're not going to get lending from every single bank. That's just how it is. Some banks have the risk appetite for certain commercial properties. Other banks don't have the risk appetite for it. And that is why they can ask you to jump or hold you over a barrel and ask you to do as much as you want. So please just, just remember that. Um, The long and short of it actually is I have just been through all the figures of this completion statement and had a look at how much it cost me to purchase this property in the end. And on a £165,000 property, my costs were £78,070.94. Oh, gosh. So... That's not actually that great when you add up how much it's cost to do everything. So some of my big expenses were um, legal fees for all of the different charges across the property um, from my solicitor were 4,800, including VAT. So that was a massive charge. Um, Shawbrook's fees. Shawbrook's fees were £2,610. That was for the lender's arrangement fee and the lender's legal fees. And then the just cash flow um, credit facility cost me £1,800. 
And then the structural engineer cost me £1,275. Everything else is just odds and sods, you know, the little, the land registry searches and what have you. So that's been the costliest part of doing a commercial property transaction. And that's because commercial property transactions have far more involved with them. And for me, buying this, I'm taking a second charge. Um, that costs money. And Shawbrook are just an expensive bank to borrow from. I don't know if that's just my experience. But my gosh, looking at it now, it's expensive. And I was kind of backed into a corner because I didn't have any other lending to go to. Um, but that is a lot of money to spend on a property that only costs £165,000, right? So that's one of my big bugbears about this. Looking back on it, that's a lot of money. If I was to do this again, I probably wouldn't use a short-term second charge equity just because it's so expensive. Probably better for me to just go and um, use an investor or delay the deal until the remortgage comes through. That is probably a lesson learned for me just because that second charge mortgage has cost me, or the second charge credit facility, that's the just cash flow, has cost me a lot more money than you know it should have done. Really, that's that's been expensive. It's also delayed everything. But anyway, lesson learned. Um, I would look at the pros and cons of that next time that I had to do something like that. Okay, so that's me telling you the pitfalls, the cons, everything to do with that. But overall, let me tell you why I bought this building and why I think it was actually a really good idea because I still stand by it. I wanted this property in my property portfolio. It is now in my property portfolio. Number one, the purchase price, £165,000 for a £15,000 a year income for the next four years. Fantastic. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't have to do anything. I can sit on my hands. I have a bookkeeper now that's going to do all my invoicing and make sure that the money is collected. You know, from that point of view, it is a completely hands-off deal for the next couple of years. That is positive number one. Number two, this tenant had paid a deposit. I have three months rent of a deposit in this account. And so if something goes wrong, I do have backup funds there. Great. That means that I've got some security. Number three positive is that prior to buying the property, I double checked to see whether any other tenants were looking in the local area for um, properties around here. Yes, a lot of cafe operators would love to take this building and they would pay more rent for it. The rental value on this property is actually 21,500. That's how much rent we could get on it. So that's actually two positives. Number one, I've got backup tenants, right? The likes of Starbucks and Subway showed an interest in this building. Fantastic. And then positive number two, I've got a potential rental increase of 21,500. Again, I wouldn't have to do anything to the building to get it to that standard. Okay. Which means that if the tenant were to come out early, or even when we get to 2024, when this tenant comes out, if they want to leave, I'm, or when I do the lease renewal, I'm going to put that rent up to around 21,500. At a 9% cap rate, that increases the value of this building to £253,000. 
right? I mean, without doing anything, only letting the building, without doing anything, I will have made 88,000 pounds, literally, and all I would be paying is letting fees. Okay, so that's quite a nice profit to know that you are sitting on at some point. And in which case, that pretty much pays for all of the the, uh, cash takeout, right? You know, if I put 78,000 in this year and in four years time, I can take out 82-ish thousand pounds. I mean, it's a no-brainer. It might have hurt my, my pockets today, but I know certainly in the next couple of years, it's going to really, really be nice. And also what I can then do in a couple of years time is I can use some of that money to do up the the upper parts. We've got a brand new roof on there. It just needs cosmetics. So if the rental value goes up on the upper parts or I could find a tenant to go in there, then fabulous, right? You know, it, it would be worth my while and perhaps I'd get an even higher rental uplift, which would increase the value of the property even more. I mean, I would absolutely love to be to have a crystal ball. I always say I'd love for, for a crystal ball to come my way and I could send it. <laughs> I don't know. I could see into the future and know what rents are. I don't know that. I don't know any of this for definite. All I know is that that's what the market rent is saying today. So there is a potential for an uplift. So that's a tick. Um, the tenant continued paying their rent all the way through COVID. Tick, 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 tick. They're a good tenant. Um, and finally, the local council is doing a lot of work in the, the high street and they would like to work with um, local landlords to bring the high street um, up and make it very much up and coming. So again, great. I like forward thinking councils. I really want to be in an area where I can help. and I can make the high street better. So those are the positives with this building. And those positives really outweigh the negatives. It has been an annoying six months to get this deal over the line, right? I'm not going to say that it's been easy because it's been early morning phone calls. I had to go to send documents four or five times to the UK. I've been backwards and forwards on things. But that additional work that I put in, and yeah, I've got a day job. I I mean, I've got so much to do on a daily basis. But that additional time that I have put in means that I've got an asset that over the next couple of years is going to grow. And that is exactly what I wanted from this. So I'm excited to see what's going to happen with this building. Look, it's all a risk. Do I know that there's going to be 100% definite growth? No, I can only choose that based on today's situation. That's all I can choose, right? I've done my research on today's market. I know what it's in today's market. I don't know what the market in four years' time is really going to look like. I can just assume based upon today's information. But I've got a pretty good idea that this is going to be okay. And you know what? It's a property. Providing that no one has died, I get to make this property what I want it to be. And that is the really, really exciting thing. So what did I do today? Day one. Well, day one is only the property. I phoned up the bank and I got a deposit account for the deposit because the deposit is going to be moved into my bank account 
And then you have to have a separate holding account for the tenant. Um, so that has been done. Find the bank and just got a, a free of charge deposit account. That's pretty easy to do. It took me all of five minutes to do the application. I've emailed the tenant to say hi and tell him who my team are and who's going to be in contact with him. I've got the insurance sorted out and my bookkeeper is now creating the insurance invoice, which is going to be sent to the tenant. And there we have it. That is day one of owning this property. So I wanted to tell you about this. It's the pros and cons, the highs and lows. I mean, it's not been easy. It's been six months in the making, but that's honest. That's honest about what happened with this property deal. So I hope you found this interesting. And if you yourself want to sort out a strategy for next year, come to my webinar on the 6th. Again, I'll put the link below. You need to sign up so that you can go through um, and get all of the details so that you come along. And there are some really good bonuses at the end. Lorenzo and I have been talking about that today and I just can't wait to share them with you. All right. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. Please remember to uh, subscribe to the podcast. It comes out every single Tuesday morning, straight into your whatever platform you listen to this podcast on. So make sure you do that. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, please do leave me a review. It would mean the absolute world to me. Thank you so much for listening to me today. I cannot wait to catch up with you again soon.